1: Are you ready for rapid
2: fire? Let's do it. I've got to pull fill it up.
1: up. Fill in the blank. <laughs> Go ahead. The preseason coaches poll is out and yes. it's blank. The Fighting Irish are in at number 13 in the first coaches poll.
2: Typical, I guess. I mean, I I'm fine with it. I think it's a it's a skosh low. Uh I would pro- I would have them anywhere from 8 to 12 and be fine with it. You know, uh, I, I, eh, you know what I mean? Like I, they've got plenty of opportunities in their schedule. Like if I was Michigan, for example, okay. If I was Michigan and I was pre pre preseason ranked like 15 or something like that, I'd be nervous because their schedule is a bunch of cupcakes. And so it it would be difficult. Now, granted they would be undefeated, but it would be difficult to continue to climb the polls because of the weakness of their schedule. Right. But they're ranked number two. And so – or somewhere around there. I think they're two. But they'll just yeah, stay there. Number
1: two. Yeah, yeah,
2: they'll just stay there because they'll keep winning. So their strength of schedule doesn't even matter quite as much. You know what I mean? So, yeah. like, – They'll has... be there
1: until November because they're not going to exactly. play until November. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah.
2: So Notre Dame has plenty of opportunities to climb up these poles just by winning, you know, because they've got some big dogs on their schedule in September and October, et cetera, et cetera. So – 13's fine. I mean, it, it's fine for now. I Some of the ones ahead of them are a little suspect, but
1: yeah. Whatever. I mean, I guess Notre Dame's got enough questions that may, you know, like you can, like, 13, I, I don't think is a major slight. It's it's ballpark anyway, and that's kind of, you know, why some people say, well, you shouldn't even do polls in, until, you know, like October 1st or, you know, whatever, when you find out what teams are and stuff like that. But, hey, right. guess what? It is August 7th. We have the first coaches poll. right? And now we have something to talk about. So, and the other school,
2: besides the like eight schools that are playing in week zero, right? Every other school in the nation has like three practices under their belt. Right. Which means they haven't even put on full pads. But we'll make a preseason poll. That's, we'll get that's it that's out very there. That's true.
1: That's true. You know, because <laughs> Notre Dame obviously started a week earlier than everybody right. else because the fact they're playing in week zero. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I mean the only the only three teams I well I I, four maybe here's here I'll just run through the whole thing for maybe people who haven't seen it. You got Georgia at number one, then Michigan, Alabama, Ohio State. I don't think anyone's probably got any problems with them, even though as Vince mentioned, you know Michigan's schedule. What what actually are they? I mean they're kind of like Notre Dame. Michigan's schedule is going to come or Michigan's season is going to come down to like two or three games. It's really going to be sure. You know, Penn State, Ohio State, Penn State, Ohio State, Michigan State. Like yeah. Michigan State's Michigan not that State, good, but just eh. because it's a rival and right for the of last course. couple of years, Michigan State did own you know Jim Harbaugh. Um, but then number five LSU, number six USC, number seven Penn State. Uh eh, not really sold. Yeah, no, completely on them. No. Uh, then Florida State, then Clemson. uh eh. Tennessee. Hmm. And you know, new, you know, great system they had last year. New quarterback Joe Milton, gonna be the guy, don't really know yet. Washington, Texas, and Notre Dame. So, like, I think you can make a case really for anybody from what is
2: that like seven through 13 could be interchangeable. Absolutely, 100%. Like, you know, and it's amazing this year, I feel like there's gonna be even more parity than in past years because if you go one through 13. How many of those schools are starting quarterbacks that have like minimal to zero experience as a college quarterback? It's the majority of those schools, right? The only schools that are bringing back quarterbacks of any kind of substance is Michigan. And I think that's debatable, but he started all last year. Okay, fine. So Michigan had a high Cruton rating. He did have that, even though Notre Dame passed on him. Um, right. So Michigan is one. Who else? Uh, Florida State, I believe. What are we talking about? Experienced quarterbacks? Experienced quarterbacks.
1: Yeah, that's a very good point. Texas, L- got, I
2: guess you could say.
1: LSU, USC. USC, um, of course. Florida State. Washington, because they've got Penix. Penix. Texas, sort of like... None of them the thing is none of these guys are more experienced than Sam Hartman. It's just that Hartman
2: wasn't well, here at Notre Dame last sure, year. Absolutely. So. And that's why <laughs> that you're kind of making my point for me, then is because Notre Dame does have an experienced quarterback. Right. Arguably the most experienced quarterback of anybody in the top thirteen. Right. Yeah. And I think that bodes well for Notre Dame. I mean, I mean we'll see what happens. Obviously, you but gotta if, play the games, but if
1: you if you put Hartman up head to head against any of the quarterbacks in the top ten, or the top, you know, thirteen, really, Caleb Williams, maybe Penix. Like, who are you going to take over? you Hart- like any right. of these teams. I think would love to have Sam Hartman. Like Caleb Williams and maybe Penix are the only ones I think you can definitely say.
2: And that's a hot a, maybe. Have
1: a head to head quarterback advantage. That's a hot
2: maybe because Penix. After he lost his offensive coordinator, was not good. You know, he had one good year, one terrible year, one better than average year at Washington, and now he's got another year at Washington. Right? That's pretty much how it went down. So, but he was
1: reunited with his correct
2: at Washington. Correct. So, I don't know, man. I' trying to not to look at it from a Notre Dame point of view, but when you're in the top twenty for total yards and touchdowns in college football history. It's a pretty tough argument to make that you would take somebody else. The only one I would definitely take over Hartman right now is Williams because he has a Heisman Trophy. He's the only one I would definitely take. Yeah, that's it.
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed.
1: And like I saw crying belly was saying they're discounting the level of talent in the ACC. I mean, I don't, I don't know about that because look at where they've got Florida state and Clemson. They've got them both. They've got them back to back pretty high. So I don't think it's necessarily about that. I I think it, you know, it's probably a little bit more about the system that Hartman was in people, you know, obviously NFL people had questions about that and how that could translate. Sure. You know, big part of why he's here. And also the, you know, losing Losing a, what everyone thought was going to be a first-round draft pick like Michael Mayer and just all the inexperience that nobody has seen at wide receiver. We've seen the sure. talent out there because we do get to go to some practices and, and see what those guys look like, but no one's seen it on game day. Yet. Right, so, exactly. I mean, you should actually be happy about that as a Notre Dame fan because that combination is going to catch a lot of
2: people off guard, I right. think. Right, right. So. And everybody's saying Drake May over Sam Hartman, that's fine from an NFL standpoint. I get that. Right. But we're but talking North Carolina, about Carolina's We're talking ranked. about the
1: teams that were in this ranking. Right. Yeah, North Carolina like North Carolina's North Carolina's not
2: ranked is ranked ahead of Notre Dame. Not right. there. So that's why there that's why that's why Drake May is not part of this conversation. Right. That's all. Yes, Drake May has a higher NFL ceiling than Sam Hartman does. I'm not going to get an argument from me on that. But I'm talking about the teams that are above Notre Dame in the poll right now. There's only one quarterback I would take over him and that's a great position to be in if you're Notre Dame. But that can also change within Absolutely.
1: Because it happens it happens basically every February. Right? Even if it doesn't happen during the season, right. it happens every February. There's going to be a couple quarterbacks who nobody was talking about during the season who people are going to be talking about, "Oh, should he be a top 10 pick? Should he go number 1? Where does he deserve to go?" You know, all this stuff. So Sam Hart can, Sam Hartman can make a really big case for himself Absolutely. in terms of his pro future, with you know that's what the next what five months are gonna show.
2: Sure. And we got this one, and I, I don't want to beat a dead horse here, but Jeffrey says almost every quarterback in the top 15 is gonna have to prove it on the field, including Hartman. Yeah, I mean, he's top 20 all time in yards and touchdowns. I think he's proven a lot on the field. Now he has to prove that he can do it at a higher level like at Notre Dame agreed, but I think he's proven a lot on the field already. I do too. I do too. And again, I think it's more
1: about can he succeed in a more traditional system, something that's going to look like
2: what he could play in in the NFL. I think that's going right. to go a long way for him. Right, right, right. But we'll see. Again, I I hope he looks like he did when he was at you know Wake Forest at Notre Dame. If, if we just get that Sam Hartman, then Notre Dame's going to be just fine. If we get an elevated play, Sam Hartman, in a pro style offense with better players around him, phew, look out, folks. Like, this is going to be a fun year.
1: Mm-hmm. I don't know if Tim is being serious here or not. Would you guys really rather have Williams, really,
2: after last year? He's talking about the specifics to when he wrote, you know, F the Irish on his nails and all no, that, I, that crap. I, look, I, he's an uh, a hole. We're talking okay. about
1: talent. We're not talking about right. what he does with his fingernails or right. whatever. Yeah. I would and honestly, he if he played talented. for Notre Dame, he would have something that said FUSC on his 100%. It,
2: It's just, it's all interchangeable. It just, you know, he started off at Oklahoma. So. And look, hey man, Tim, I you're a true fan. I love you for it. That's awesome. I get what you're saying. We're just trying to, we're trying to take an objective view from a talent standpoint. Caleb Williams is about to be the number one overall pick in the NFL draft. Okay. <laughs> so it's got a lot of talent. And you'd be silly to turn him down. And if he was your quarterback, you'd love him. You would love the way he was acting.
1: Jeffrey <laughs> says, talented a-hole for sure. Well,
2: I mean, I've got news for you.
1: You know, like Barry Bonds was not the most liked no. guy in the world, but he was a pretty damn good baseball Correct. player. Correct. So it's like the, uh, the the ranks of college and professional athletes are filled with talented a-holes. Mm-hmm. There's, a, there's a lot of talented good guys too, but there's a lot of talented a-holes. So
0: (laughs) that is correct.
1: A uh, a talented non a hole Sam Hartman, as far as we (laughs) know, anyway. I mean, yeah. um, Asked this weekend about going from a Nike school, Wake Forest, of course, was Nike, to an Under Armour school, Notre Dame. Sam Hartman said, "Quote, it's just gear," and he was asked, "Really?" And he said, "Yeah, it's just gear." So I tweeted this, unsurprisingly. (laughs) It is at least somewhat polarizing, which, you know, was actually part of the way the the question was phrased about, you know, the fact that it has been among the fans, a polarizing topic. Some people say he was coached to say that. I mean, there's no denying that Notre Dame players are coached on what to say and what not to say to the media. Um, I, I just, I I don't think that this was one of those things though. Personally, I don't think he, he kind of cares a lot, honestly. He's 24 six years old. Guy. Yeah. I think he's 24 think he's, years old. And I think he he's over a, a crap. lot of that.
2: Yeah. yeah that's I, exactly I right. I really think he's just, I don't want to say too mature to care about gear because most of the fans that are upset about this are probably his age or just a little bit older. But uh, he probably doesn't care. Like, that's the least. Uh, if you ranked the kids, or uh, the kids, if you ranked the things that Sam Hartman is worried about over the next five months, the Under Armour contract at Notre Dame is not one of pretty these. stinking low on the yes. on the list. Okay, very, low. very very low. So I'm not surprised that he said that, no. and I I'm highly here. doubt that if he was coached to say that, the coaching wouldn't have been. It's, it's just, just gear, gear. like yeah. that would not have been. Hey, say this if they ask you about it. And it would quite have been, honestly, I love like, Under Armour. It's great. You most know, most of his
1: questions were in the or most of his answers to questions Saturday were in the paragraph long i'm holding my hands like long par- <laughs> like and but so you go out. from like very expansive answers to just gear it's just gear
2: <laughs> exactly
1: um so a couple 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 tweet responses or x responses or whatever the hell we're supposed to call yes. it now <laughs> If it's just gear, show us a poll from all players and equipment managers showing which equipment slash gear they prefer. Survey should include design, quality, comfort, performance, selection choices, equipment options, and manufacturing mm. experience. Hashtag empirical data. I bet that you really think the really equipment fun. managers. Give that guy's a crap. really fun at parties, by the way. I bet. Do you think He's the equipment like...
2: managers really give a crap what they're giving out to the players? Like, as it passes through their hands to be given out? Right. Like, come on, dude. Right.
1: And that's... Sam Hartman was asked a question, and he answered it. Every player you ask this question is going to have their own opinion slash sure. answer. Now, obviously, if it's behind closed doors or with microphones and cameras in front of you, you might get different answers. Right. Um, but... You know, again,
2: like how how deep how deep do we have to take this? <laughs> well, and then also here's the thing: Sam Hartman is not going to be here when the new contract starts. Yeah, he he's going to be a-
1: here for Under Armour no matter what.
2: Right. So it makes zero difference to that man what contract that Notre Dame has in the future. Yeah. So yeah, I'm just
1: imagining that guy. You know, like in the corner. <laughs> at you know in the office and at parties arguing with everybody with every pedantic little detail that you know pops (laughs) into his head Uh, another tweet studies show that nike schools are more likely to make the college football playoff and win national championships same is true across all sports (laughs) no it's Um, not that response actually lacks empirical data (laughs) by the way like where is your Studies show that Nike schools are more likely.
2: <laughs> First of all, Nike sponsors more schools than anybody else. Yes. So the odds are the correlation, much
1: bigger The correlation between, yeah, you're exactly right. The, the, <laughs> the, the correlation from one to another, there's no actual data that that and that the fact shows that Nike schools are more likely. Right. I guess there is some data that shows that because of that is basically the gear that they happen to be wearing.
2: I don't know what the percentages are, and I, I wouldn't even begin to want to try to figure it out, but the vast majority of Power 5 schools are Nike schools. That That's just a fact, right? And so there's a pretty good chance that they're the ones that are going to be winning national championships in football, and it also just so happens that Nike sponsors, or whatever, the really good football programs, and that has nothing to do with the clothes that they wear. Come on, man.
1: Tom says, don't you think Sam Hartman is totally focused on his receivers, especially at this point in the preseason? Come on, I'm so tired of the Under Armour deal and all the conference realignments. I I couldn't agree more. I mean, that's, it's kind of and basically Sam Hartman's response was like, I'm over it. I really, you know, it's just gear was basically who cares? I'm here to play football. That's literally, you know, like if you're going to read into his answer, and that's, I'm here to play football. I'm not here to talk about you know, what we're wearing and what we're not wearing or anything else. All he and, cares about. I think we're, you know, I know Vince is, was tired of the whole, you know, what shoe company they're going to be with a long time ago. So, man, it's just something you're going to have to live with for basically 11 years, at least for at least 11 yeah. years, they're going to be with Under Armour again.
2: So there's, there's, if you don't like under, it. Find a Nike what school, us can do about man, I it. That's right. I don't know what to tell just you. Just
1: hope that they come out with a Marcus Freeman line. That's. My wife, I actually was talking to my wife about this this morning. It's like, how stupid do you have to be if you are the apparel company of the most visible college football program in the country, the biggest college football brand in the country, and you've got your head coach out there wearing stuff at practice that he's photographed in every day, and you don't have it for sale to the general public the minute. Then he wears it, and that those photos go out. You're literally just costing yourself. You're y'all oh, absolutely. You're throwing money. You're throwing money down the drain. You're costing yourself right.
2: money by not having stuff ready to go. No doubt, I completely agree with that. That's that's a missed opportunity. That's a missed yep. opportunity. They had they had the navy uniforms in the bookstore as soon as they made the announcement. There's no reason that they can't have the Marcus Freeman stuff in the bookstore as soon as he wears it.
1: Let's no. talk about that. Fill in the blank. Notre Dame's alternate uniforms for the Navy yeah. game in Ireland are blank.
2: I think that they are traditionally simple and I'm cool with it. I really am. I think it's a little things on the shoulders. Yeah. And like you know a what? Shamrock kind of thing. And, a and there's a flag, flag, on, the flag back, on the back, like on the collar, you know, that kind of a thing. I like them. I think that they are Notre Dame's home uniforms with a little touch of Ireland to them. Okay. I'm cool with that. That's awesome.
1: Yeah, I mean they look they look solid. You know, they're nothing spectacular. I would always like to see when they do alternate stuff, maybe uh, you know, something a little bit more added to the helmet, especially since they are going to Ireland, you know, like a a shamrock or, you know, maybe like a bigger, you know, Irish flag or something like that,
2: since they are the fighting Irish. But
1: I think it's a solid look. That you know, not gonna blow Simple. you away
2: by any means but it, it's funny to me the people that were pissed yeah. off about the green on green it's too much it's too much and then they're pissed off about the navy ones it's not enough it's like i'm just sorry that you're just a depressed person you i know? guess
1: i didn't realize so many people were pissed about the green on green but i shouldn't be surprised you know but you know
2: i'm sure it's a vocal minority you know what i mean but it's the ones that you hear you know it's just i don't know it's ridiculous
1: so Heather Dinich says that after the fall of the Pac-12, they should consider redoing the 2024 college football playoff format to have the five highest ranked conference champions and then the seventh highest ranked teams after that make the playoffs. So you'd have five automatic qualifiers, seven at-large bids versus the the format that that they are that they have agreed to that they're going to play with next year is six, the top six conference champions are the aqs and then you would have six um six at large bids after that so do you buy or sell dinich's
2: proposal it's 100 percent buy and i think that's the logical proposal at this point especially if the pac-12 isn't going to exist um i think that i think we got to wait to see where the dominoes fall with those last four like are they are they going to get wrapped up into the Mountain West? Is the eight now? We're, now we're hearing that the ACC is somewhat interested in Stanford and Cal. Boo! Bad decision. But don't like so that idea. Let, let let's see what happens with the Final Four. But let's say they rebuild the Pac-12 with a bunch of Mountain West, and they go into the moniker of the Pac-12. Right? Are they a Power Five conference anymore? No, I don't think they should have an automatic bid at that point because that's what it is—the Power Five. I'll have an automatic bid for the champion. Right. And then it's the next highest rated five. conference yeah. champion. Right. So at this point, even if they rebuild the pac 12 using mountain West schools, it's not a power five anymore. It needs you're, to be four plus one. You're, you're yeah. You're bringing up group of five teams and right. calling
1: yourself a power five. I, I definitely think it, it, the pack, you know, right now it's the pack four. It's not even the pack 12. They, might still call themselves the Pac-12 but they they are not they are not a power 5 conference and if they do what you're talking about bringing up Mountain West schools and bringing in SMU you know like that's their their big move and it's really the only move they have to try to keep this going i i just i don't think that they're worthy of an automatic bid they they are essentially you know group of 6 at that point, because, you know, you're exactly. eliminating one of the power five and you're making them not a group of five, but
2: a group of six school. Right. right? So, yeah, so does that mean the Mountain West like goes away? You know, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Right. It's just it's a whole wacky scenario at this point and And I just think the Pac-12 is dead and and they just need to, you know, just let it go quietly into the night at this point And then you might as well you might as well just join up with the Mountain West at this point, because. You know, there really aren't other options. Stanford has other athletic programs that are good, right? But they don't give a crap about football, and it's been obvious for a really, really long time. So let them go and play in the Mountain West. They'll be more than competitive in there, and as a byproduct of that, Notre Dame won't play them every year. It's a win-win for everybody.
1: That's a good question because I said, you know, you brought up that ACC thing, and of course, I saw some people, you know, in the in the replies on. Twitter saying, oh, is this to appease Notre Dame since Notre Dame plays Stanford every year? <laughs> no, that would not be to appease. Like, bringing Stanford no. into the ACC is not a, a move to appease Notre Dame. You know, like, what Notre Dame ends up doing with that series, I mean, I would have to... Th- I would just have to think that that given the, the current standing of things, like, we've talked about replacing stanford with ucla on the schedule in that usc california rotation to me it just makes more and more sense all the time and obviously ucla would have to want to do it and obviously notre dame would have to want to do it but i think for notre dame again if your goal is to get out there in california every year if you played if you alternated with USC and UCLA instead of USC and Stanford, you would get to Los Angeles, the most fertile right. recruiting grounds in, right. in Southern California every year, and you would get one of them here every year. I think it would just make I more sense. I completely
2: agree. I completely agree with you. They're
1: both obviously in the Big Ten together. So it would be easy for the it would be easier for them. To make that work, you know, with accommodations with the Big Ten, because they could basically just do what the Pac-12 had done for years, is because USC and Stanford were partners, essentially playing Notre Dame. Those two schools had to play at the front of the schedule every year to make those bye weeks during conference play work in October and November, and so it would be very easy for the Big Ten to just drop USC and UCLA into that same kind of Rotation, and uh, you know, if they yeah. were both playing Notre Dame every season,
2: I would be fine with that because I don't see UCLA falling off as far as Stanford has fallen off. You know what I mean? I don't see right. that being the case. And I get that playing Stanford gets you on the West Coast, like, I get that part of it, but it doesn't get you into a fertile recruiting area as much, right? You know what I mean? Have they gotten guys from Northern California in the past? Yeah, they have. You're going to get way more talent down in Southern California. And so I would much rather play in the Coliseum and the Rose Bowl down there in LA than up north in Palo Alto. I just don't think that that does as much for you. So if they can somehow make that work and UCLA is on board, which I don't know why they wouldn't be, first of all. Because right. that you're guaranteeing yourself a, a sellout as a home game. Well, right? look, and, and
1: look, the TV networks are dictating all of this stuff. Right,
2: right, and right, right, right.
1: With the Big Ten being on NBC and Notre Dame potentially going forward as an NBC partner in this primetime package, this would allow you know like we've talked about. There's been talk about Notre Dame potentially doing more Big Ten scheduling, be you know as a partner with NBC because of NBC's primetime right. Big Ten package. And again, this fits that as well. Absolutely. If Notre Dame and UCLA are both playing, and you could even throw. You know, like Oregon and Washington into the mix there if you wanted to. Like any of those schools, you know, you're just talking about West Coast trips. But if we'll just keep it at UCA, USC and UCLA, if they're both playing them, then NBC would be able to televise both the home game and the road game every year that Notre Dame has when they play those schools because you, right. because of the Big Ten primetime package. So, right. I mean, it would be it would be a bonanza for everybody. Really, if you if you replace Stanford
2: with UCLA, Mm -hmm. yep, absolutely, it's win win. And you know, depending on what happens to Stanford over the next couple of weeks, you got to drop them like a hot potato. I mean, I wanted to I wanted to drop them anyway, but this gives you a beautiful excuse to do so. Beautiful, right?
1: Keith asked Stanford and Cal to the ACC. How is that cost effective? It's not, but none of this stuff is cost effective. But like. For the ACC it's even less so because like even there's no part. there's no benefit to the ACC in adding Cal and Stanford because no. the reason they're leftovers is because they're leftovers. Nobody wants, Nobody wants them. They're not in a desirable market. Their football programs are not good enough and all you would be doing is adding a couple more, you know, also ran football programs to right. your conference and making everybody in your conference have to make all these trips out to the West Coast every year to markets, you know, to again, to a market that nobody cares about. You'd have half-filled football stadiums out there. So we do. We have the official announcement.
2: Yeah, it came in an email. All right. I don't know if we're supposed to talk about it. I don't know. It's just funny that they said formally known as. No, it's still known as that name. Like, I don't. (laughs) Anyway. It's Notre Dame. They do things the way they want to. Right, right.
1: Fill in the blank, Vince. It's blank that Colorado football players have their social media handles on the back of their practice jerseys now.
2: Unfortunately, probably shades of the future. Like, that's so stupid. It's so dumb. But here's the thing. Like, if you go on Notre Dame's website, like, let's say basketball, for example, on the roster, it's got their social media handles on there. There are so, I mean,
1: schools all over the country doing this on the websites. The, you know, the, like, Here's you the know, IG
2: account. Here's the TikTok yeah. account. Putting yeah. their names on the back of the jersey or putting their, their social media crap on the back of their jersey is just one extra step. I mean, I think it's dumb, personally. I don't want – I mean, they're practice jerseys. You're not putting your names on the back of your practice jerseys. This isn't the NFL. and Most NFL teams don't even do that anyway. Yeah. But you're going to put your social media on the back? I, uh, it's, it's one step too far for me. But it wouldn't surprise me if that became a normal thing. I was gonna say,
1: I'm surprised more schools aren't doing it already. Yeah. Uh, somebody Alex said that UCF did it with game day uniforms. I would what? not be down with that.
2: No, that's a but, hard no for that one.
1: But at the same time, it's you know, like when you're talking about NIL and just everything else going on right now, this is part of the personal brand. And yeah, like I said, I'm surprised that. That they don't do more, you know. Just like look at, at Notre Dame and how, you know, like, they have the different football players will, you know, they'll get the video of themselves doing whatever, and you know, sure. they'll they'll tweet it out or put it out on on the gram and you know whatever else. And
2: well, they they like got what uh, the stuff
1: with the recruits last yeah. week where they yeah. were sharing stuff on social media. So and
2: they got was it was it Braylon James that's the rapper that's on the team, like using his so. music. I think using so. using his oh, music that's right. over the, the video. Right. Like, I mean, they're all doing stuff. It's just not as in your face. Wouldn't it be funny, Sean? Wouldn't it be funny? Colorado, start out 0 and 4, 0 and 5, or something like that. And you know, the cameras are always going to be in Dion's face. And he's going to be like, that's it. I told you this was going to happen. I'm taking your names off the back of your practice jerseys. <laughs> No more social media names. No more handles.
1: <laughs> uh Have you seen the Jose Ramirez oh, knockout punch of just uh, Tim Anderson? Classic.
2: The call is better than the actual video. By the way, I know. I wish we did, could use it. Did it's, you? You've heard it though, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Down goes Anderson. It is great. Just, <laughs> oh I my. Mean,
2: I, it was funny because uh, I think it's Jim uh, it's the uh covers like Chicago sports or whatever. Um, and he's like, it was uh, the next day. And he's like, I've been in two different clubhouses today. And if I've heard down goes Anderson once, I've heard it a thousand <laughs> times. Like everybody's talking about it. Freaking uh,
1: and it was like, it was almost like hockey because you, you know, usually oh. it's just a big scrum. Yes. And they start wrestling around with each other. You don't see them actually square off with each other and like the umpire backs off like a hockey official would yep. do. The umpire kind of backs away and they just kind of go at it and you know get like got a couple shots in and then Ramirez with that big heavy hand just caught Anderson on the jaw and man I've never seen a baseball player go down like that. That was I mean
2: it didn't, didn't even crazy. look like he hit him that hard and he just I know. Whoosh, I gone. know.
1: Anderson got a six-game suspension. Ramirez got three. And uh, I don't know if you saw any of the follow-up. Apparently, it had to do with Anderson has been, like, he's known for, like, like harder tags than necessary, I guess. And Ramirez and, like, the Guardians had kind of called him out on it earlier, either in the season or the series. And I guess he pulled somebody off the bag a Cleveland player off the bag on Friday, pulled him off the bag and he was called out. And then Ramirez went in and and I think that, you know, they kind of said some stuff and and Anderson tagged him hard again. And Ramirez was like, all right, well, I'm done with that. Here we go. (laughs) So he dropped him. It was, it was like, yeah, Tyler saying like, that's probably the best fight that I've seen since Nolan Ryan pounding down Robin
2: Ventura. Oh, yeah, that was a good one. Probably. I, I even know that, that one. I, but it's just like the, you know, Anderson squares up. And I saw somebody else like do a breakdown of the video, which is why I had too much time on my hands today. But he squares up like a lefty. And it's like, dude, you're not a lefty. So like that didn't work out too well for him. And then he tries to go swing and then he just takes one like. I just don't know how that knocked him out. It just didn't look like he hit him that, but he went down like a sack of potatoes, man. I know, just like a sack of flour, some sort of a sack. He's just down, and then he couldn't even walk off the field. Like he was, did you see that footage? Yeah, he was. Yeah, like he was like, yeah, Drew. Like, oh my gosh, man, he got just hammered, and then he gets double the game. I'm what surprised was he was play? cleared to play the next day. If he was, <laughs> <laughs> man, there's no way. There's no way. Okay. Well, he got suspended for six games, so unless he's so well, appealing. I guess they're
1: both. They're, yeah, they're both appealing
2: okay, suspensions. Okay, of course. But
1: something else happened this afternoon. I, I didn't have this on your rundown, but it it started to blow up this afternoon. Okay. Baltimore Orioles TV announcer Tim Brown has been suspended for what are basically some pretty innocuous and objectively pragmatic comments that he made. They were on TV in Tampa Bay a couple of weeks ago. Okay. The Orioles were wrapping up their series with the Rays. Brown said, quote, the Orioles have won more games against them this season than the last two combined, end quote. Like he was, you know, and the Orioles are in first place right now. And he's basically talking about how the Orioles have not had a lot of success yeah. against the Rays. And, I mean, they haven't had success against anybody before this year, basically. But that was uh, apparently Peter Angelos or uh, Johnny Angelos, the, uh, the, uh, the Orioles owner, didn't like the comments. What? And has had him suspended for saying the Orioles have won more games against them this season than the last two combined. That's just because a fact. Apparently, that's not even a apparently, yeah, apparently he's not being glossy and homerish enough. He's he's stating, fat. I mean, what he's doing is talking about how good they've played against right. him
2: this year. It's, it's not a negative, that's a it's, total positive. It's like, hey, yeah. we haven't been great in the past, but we're doing great now. Or, you know, the the Rays have been in the world series and the, and the Baltimore Orioles have won more games against them this year than they have in a bunch of years. But like, how is that even a negative? Wow. I know. Now, is this owner like, like an old crotchety idiot. Well, yes. The
1: Angelos that, you know, that's okay. That's, that's basically why Baltimore has not been very good for a
2: long time. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> you know,
1: but again, if you have to, if you have to go that far, you know, to, to be positive. And like, I watched this clip and a lot of other people people have watched this clip and like nothing is said, you know, like in a sarcastic tone and a negative tone, it's basically all just, Hey folks, you know, the Orioles are you know going for the series win and, you know, here's all this stuff and they've won more games against right. them this season than the last two combined, you know, that kind of thing.
2: And that's just a fact. That's those are numbers. No like owner doesn't like math. Apparently. I wonder if he's a new math guy. I don't know. I don't know.
1: Okay, I've been meaning to ask you this. I meant to ask you this last week. Paul Rubin, Paul <laughs> Rubens. This, this was supposed to be on ask, Friday
2: with yes. Jesse. And my guess is Jesse's too young to really have crossed <laughs> paths, right, with, with this young man, old man, whatever.
1: Paul Rubin's, aka Pee Wee Herman, unfortunately passed away last week after a battle with cancer. So I'm curious, Vince, as Mm -hmm. a child of the eighties,
2: yes. Where
1: did Pee Wee show up on your radar?
2: It's Pee Wee's playhouse, man. Used to watch it all the time as a kid. (laughs) Love that show. I, I watched it all the time. Um, Cowboy Curtis, you know, Pee Wee Herman, the talking window. I, all of it. Like I, I used to watch that show all the time as a kid. And then he came out with some movies and things like that. And they were a little weird. Um, but right, so is Pee Wee Herman. I mean, Pee Wee's Big Adventure was where he got his bike stolen and all that. Like, I don't remember what year that was that it came out, but there were parts of that movie that like scared me, which really worries me as to how old I might have been when that came out. Let's see, Pee Wee's Big Adventure. Oh, okay, 1985. I was four. All right, so I feel better about that. But there were parts of that movie that like scared me, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, and we used to use quotes from that movie all that, like, I'm a rebel daddy. A rebel. <laughs> yeah, stuff like that, like, right. Yeah, large mart, like, all of that, like, yeah, uh, that was, it was a part of my childhood, not a big part, but it was a part of my childhood, there's no doubt about that. He was a big
1: sports fan, I guess, too. Really? And, I didn't yeah, know that. And, uh, unfortunately, it, and I just heard an interview not with him but someone was kind of talking about him they were talking about his sports fandom and stuff like that he did like a big long sit down with Wee a few years back and was kind of trying to make i guess he had pitched you know like a movie kind of trying to make okay. a comeback kind of thing and it wasn't really going anywhere unfortunately and then literally within the week after i heard this interview i heard that he passed
2: so i had no so. idea he was battling cancer and that's yeah i didn't either that's, that's a, a shame either. obviously yeah. and I know his reputation was tarnished with some uh off-the-air things and it's unfortunate. Um, but it was a part of my childhood. There is absolutely no doubt about that. Pee-wee's playhouse. I figured
1: I figured with you being being in that age demo that uh that it had to be right in there. So Mm -hmm. I'm glad it was I'm glad you got some good stories.
2: Right smack dab in the middle of it, man. I was a
1: little too old to hit that. You know, I just remember him on you know, some of the other like doing some mtv stuff i think and you know like you'd see the
2: i know you but what am i or, you know whatever <laughs> <Yes. So. laughs> dude i thought it was hilarious when i was a little kid man like you're talking if he made that movie in 1985 you know i don't know when peewee's playhouse was on but uh let's see Wee's playhouse let's see when that was on
1: hmm <laughs>
2: It ran from 86 to 90, so that means I was 5 to 9. Like, that was wow. totally in my wheelhouse of time. You know what I mean? Like, that was uh, that was me. So, you know, and you only had – people have to remember, too, some of the young guns in here, you got to remember what was available back in the late 80s, like, TV-wise. It's not like you could sit down and, you know, you had a bunch of channels at your disposal. Like, cable was – at the very least in its infancy, you know what I mean? There wasn't a whole lot of options out there. It was mostly whatever you got on the air. Um, you know, cable boxes were very, very new. So yeah. Pee Wee's Playhouse was right there, man. It was right there.
1: But then there were there were a lot of, you know, again, like after he passed last week, there were a lot of stories about how, you know, like there was some, you know, like you'd, you'd hear stories about how he was like really, really nice to people, you know, like when the, when right. the camera – was off. There was like someone who was like relatively new, you know, like on the TV set or something like that. And he invited him over to his house. And so the guy showed up and Pee Wee like made him sandwiches and just kind of showed him around the house and all his memorabilia and stuff like that. And then yeah. that was it, you know, just a nice guy,
2: I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Very fortunate. Yeah. That's very right, John.
1: That's right, John. We had cartoons every saturday morning was bugs and, bunny and Road yep. Runner and all that
2: like, like i don't remember fun. how uh you know how it landed as far as like when it was on you know what i mean like was it on saturday morning? i don't even i honestly don't know um i'm not sure but i'd have to look that up but all i know is i watched it a bunch when i was a kid and it was a staple in our house yeah. so yep definitely watched it all right
1: well we will wrap up with that and again for, uh, for the live viewers, Tuesday's show is going to start at 5 o'clock. The live show on YouTube will start at 5 because we're going to go out and we have uh, Notre Dame football practice to watch at 7 o'clock Tuesday night. So we'll do the show 5 yep. to 6. That's going to be it. We're not going to be able to go over tomorrow, so we'll kind of be in and out in an hour, but we'll start at 5. And then, uh, of course, Wednesday we'll be talking about all about what we see out there.
2: Yeah, baby. Should be right. good. Hopefully it's full ghost scrimmage with refs, you know, the whole thing. So that's what I'm hoping. Fingers crossed. Yeah, man. All
1: right. Hit the like button when before you leave and uh, subscribe, rate, and review. Vince, Kristen,
2: happy anniversary once again. Happy anniversary to Sean and Stacey. Thank you very much. only well, 11 years behind you. We're catching up. No, we're not. Right. exactly the same. Always. All <laughs> right.
1: We will talk to you tomorrow on IB Nation Sports Talk.